I might have mentioned it. I don't know. But um, but I've got a bad we'll go, memory. So me too. We'll go to that. Yeah. To the <laughs> DJ stuff into the Yuka convo and then uh, Turbo to wrap it up. And if we have enough time. <laughs> well, no, we'll do. Dude, we're doing Turbo whether you like are, it or not. Even yeah, we are going to make the if we are running two hours long, we are going <laughs> yes. to release a very special episode that goes into Turbo graphics. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolery. Hey, everybody. John Hines. Hey there. And DJ Mandolini. Yo. And we are back to talk about some video, video games, guys. Mm-hmm. How's everybody doing today? All right. Lovely. Doing all right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Actually, nice, nice. If, if I may say real quickly, I, uh-huh. uh, I was very infuriated earlier today because uh walmart was supposed to be you know having more playstation 5s in stock and and xboxes for that matter correct you've been leaning you are you thinking of getting one dj you haven't pulled the pulled the trigger yet oh well i've wanted to there's just (laughs) no i I know you didn't pre-order it so i i didn't know if you were for sure trying to get one like right off the bat yeah i dropped the ball on the pre-order stuff but yeah i've been like checking pretty much every day for like stock and you know some dropped uh on walmart's website like it it was announced that it was going to happen so like right at two o'clock central time like i refreshed (laughs) it was there and i went like i got all the way to the place order button and then oh my gosh out of stock so oh dang it yeah, this reminds me so much of the Wii days when we worked at Best Buy, Randall. Just yeah. like people coming in constantly. When's your shipment coming in? When's your shipment coming oh, in? Oh, yeah. They were losing it their minds. It was psycho for like two years. Yeah. It was crazy. Yes. It, that same thing happened with like the NES Classic. I remember like being oh, yeah. in like uh, a bathroom yeah. placing an order on like Walmart's <laughs> website because I think they accidentally listed it. And then like I had to get like a refund on my order because they like didn't actually have the stock or whatever oh my gosh yeah dang well real quick is it was there anything you're like dying to play on ps5 dj like what are you I wanting mean, this console for I, so much i, I, I know there's not a huge launch lineup it's sadly my top game to play was will be demon souls mm-hmm. be a playstation 3 <laughs> yeah. game yeah <laughs> do you have demon souls uh we I think Kevin, you had it when we lived together, and that's when I played no, it. No, I, I didn't have it, but probably Steve. Okay, that's when I played it, and it just that one yeah. time. And I've been wanting to, I've been wanting them to like remaster it, and then just like figured it wasn't going to happen. And when right. it was announced, I was just so happy, and mm-hmm. that is that is my focus. All right, nice. But it'll have to wait because there's no stock. Yeah, we get between that and like the VR stuff that we've talked about. I'm I'm definitely curious to hear your thoughts if you uh, end up pulling the trigger and uh, getting that going. I'm 100 percent going to be doing that. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, we'll be following up. We'll be on the on the beat for once on the podcast. <laughs> so uh, but I guess I, I shouldn't say that because we're still sort of on the beat here with what John's going to talk about today. Although, yeah, I know you got a little bit of a, a couple games you want to kind of dig into here, John, and some thoughts. So. Why don't you just dig into it uh, right off the top here? Yeah, so I've been playing more Control. I've been that's been a game that I've been uh, you know hotly anticipating and been sinking my teeth into and trying to get as much you know that it has that uh, discovery of you know different logbooks and stuff. I've I've literally had game sessions where I will just like 
sit down and read all of the like little like uh, audio tapes or nice. like, excerpts that I've got. Just the lore stuff. Nice. That like the, you know are you're kind of aware of through like the main story, but really there's just so much that's just like text pages, and I love it. <laughs> I I think it's great. That is something that I love in so many games. Like I when I played like through Bioshock, like I would just like go search every single room for, you know, maybe there's a little like logbook here or like in Metroid Prime, yeah, I'm scanning mm-hmm. everything and then reading every <laughs> single entry and getting that little flavor text. Like I'm I know that it's, you know, for most people a completely optional and like maybe some people don't enjoy that mode of like storytelling but well, like, i would say there's a pretty huge gap between scanning everything in metroid prime <laughs> and then just finding some audio logs scattered through because i like i enjoy the audio log aspect of uh, i didn't play the original bioshock but mm-hmm. infinite and yeah. i enjoyed like playing those because like they kind of play in the background while you keep playing the game and i yes. really liked how that played out but like metroid prime when it gets down to like scan every enemy every interactable object in the game it's like okay this is a little tedious but mm-hmm. i know what you mean I, I there i see what you mean in the same vein and whatnot yeah so like that's been feeding into like you know what i like in video games but also uh the thing that i've really enjoyed about control is that it is a very hyper mobile shooter nice. and one that isn't like in your conventional like first person or third person shooter like mechanics like yeah it's not nathan drake no, like, and I really, really love, like, the less realistic or grounded in reality a shooter is, the more I take to it. Oh, yeah. Like, Same. Yeah. I, obviously, like, I was I was saying, like, I classify Metroid Prime as a shooter, even though it is a very hyper-mobile game, and that, you know, the shooting, you can lock on to a target with, like, an, a shoulder button, and you're always going to be strafing around it. So right. the way that you interact with the world is a lot different in what is, like, you know, kind of a dumbed-down version of a shooter. Mm-hmm. But, like, the weird thing was that, like, I've also, like, I was trying to think of other games that kind of felt like Control, because spoilers for abilities in Control... Uh, you get uh, a levitate ability Ooh. and nice. you can it's it's basically a toggle at the beginning like you hold like the jump button and you are remaining airborne for a period of time so then you're able to aim and shoot while you're in midair or nice. use telekinesis and other things so it, it's at its core i would 100% like classify control as a shooter primarily but it has a lot of platforming a lot of action controls that really appeal to me like that is exactly what i want in shooters and that's exactly what like i feel i don't know like appeals to me most mm-hmm. and like i was trying yeah. to think of specifically like when regards to the levitating ability another game that like kind of felt that same way or at least felt it that way to me and the game that, like, I've actually been, like, I had misplaced my copy of it, and I have been really upset that I had lost it, and I somehow just found it this week, uh, was my <laughs> copy of Damon X Machina. Where was it again? I it was in it my in the Discord 2016 case. Like, <laughs> just, like, 
and like one, you know how like the jewel cases or whatever have little clamps or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. in there for a manual with. or whatever. Yeah, right. And we've talked about it on the podcast. You've talked about Damon X Machina on the podcast before, right? Oh yeah, when it first like came a, out. When it first came out, yeah, yeah. And like I back then, I like compared it to uh, Monster Hunter as a franchise because you know it's kind of a very deliberate game. Like it's uh, while it is very like hyper mobile and you're moving around in a mech, like. They're, the uh, actual attacks are kind of slower in response. They're not like a typical shooter in that case, and like a little more deliberate, yeah. Right. But like most of because you're like you are moving around so much, and the enemies are moving around so much, and the arenas are so big. There's like a lot of auto targeting, but like the way that you like fly as a mech in that game is very similar to the levitate controls in control. Mm. So like you're, okay. you're jumping and you kind of have a like permanent slow descent. Like in Damon X Machina, you can, you don't really have like gravity. You're always like has a, have a slow descent from the moment you're airborne. And like, you have to equip a sec, like a, you have to dedicate an entire equipment slot to a down thruster if you want to actually like <laughs> like descend at any usable rate but it, but because of that like you spend a lot of time in aerial combat right and like that is something that just feels good to me like i like the idea of being in a like truly 3d shooter Right. Like, yeah, I was just going to say, like, because I remember playing the demo of Damon X Machina when it first came out. And, like, it kind of had this, like, Star Fox feel, sort of, but mm-hmm. not in the sense that you're on rails. Like, yeah, being able to, like, pull back and be in that 3D space and not in the sense, like, where you're fighting. I know some of those bosses in Star Fox 64 and whatnot, you kind of, like, you're in, like, those arenas. But it's it's way different in Damon X. Or not way different, but different enough where you have these huge spaces that you can kind of explore almost. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing is that I really love control as a game that does kind of feel in some ways like a metroidvania like you have a set environment that you're exploring like room to room as opposed to like daemon x machina where you're in like level based arenas so you're not really like interacting with the environment as much as like you still have like the like breadth of controls in daemon x machina but the levels themselves like there's not a single one of them that's memorable in the slightest. Hmm, Whereas like, (laughs) I kind of got that vibe from the demo. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's gameplay first. Whereas like, uh, control, I am like acutely aware of where every object is in every room. And like, I'm moving around it in ways that are unique to that game. Like, I don't really think that there are other games in that same genre that you have that like specific level of control, and like yeah just levitating and going through and like it's a it's kind of a bummer because i wish that that was i wish that there were more shooters that appealed directly to me and my very <laughs> like specific wants and needs the, the one game that uh control reminded me of a bit uh was infamous second son um, oh that was uh. the only of the infamous games i played um, but I thought you were going to say Titanfall too, because that actually literally just appeared uh, like that actually kind of just popped in my head too. But I didn't think it <laughs> I was. I can see that. Yeah, I, I don't think it has strong enough parallels, but just the the hyper agility I think is there. But right. I, I remember f- having a similar godlike feeling <laughs> like when <laughs> I was playing Infamous, um, and uh, like yeah, I agree. I 
don't think I've played many other games that give me that same feeling. Yeah, I just, I really love being incredibly, like, I love interacting with levels in ways that, you know, maybe not be the way that you're intending them. Like, as soon as I got Levitate, I was like, all right, what is a surface I can land on and then just, like, completely, like, see if I can go to places that either weren't, like, specifically meant to be in or even, like, they there are plenty of hidden areas in Control specifically. And, like, as soon as, like, I got to one of those from, like, you know, like mapping out jumps so that i had the exact amount of like descent than possible to get to them and i was like and then a little like thing pops up that says oh hidden area discovered and i was like see this is exactly what i want this is uh i just love a very well crafted world to explore i do too yeah that's and that's cool too because you like you know right off the bat if they're giving you that ability even if it's down the line to levitate you know you're not going to be just like going down corridors and right. going to from cover to cover mm-hmm. i know we've kind of dj and i at least have kind of dogged on last of us in the past but i will say that is a nice quality of those games over the uncharted games where it's like very clear what you need to do in the uncharted games like go up to this cover it's like almost like a shooting gallery like wild yeah. gun style you know and it's like leading where, you through uh, corridors yeah exactly where last of us you at least like you can take a bunch of different paths and a bunch of different routes like because you have so many different ways to get around and and a lot of secret around the levels yeah exactly yeah yep but yeah cool Uh, that was that was all i had on those games i'm gonna keep playing them gonna keep trying to chip away and find new secrets but if anyone out there is making games like these keep (laughs) keep making them because i want to play them (laughs) i need to buy control i want that it's yeah. good. <laughs> I need to play DJ's copy still and give it back to him. Um, but, uh, you know, John, after we recorded the podcast uh, last time when you talked about control that night, I was already a little tipsy by the time we ended the session. And I ended up having a little more whiskey that night. And I booted up Alan Wake for the first time. Yes. And I streamed about an hour or so of that uh, while I was very drunk. Um, and it was pretty fun. It was. And like I said, I know I say I have said in the past that games don't really scare me that much that game is scary as fuck i think i mentioned like you got that like that audio where like the voices are kind of like morphing in and out of like normal and kind of ghostly i was gonna say ghastly in pokemon mode here um but yeah there's i'm going to kill you it's just like it's so fucking creepy man it's it's scary and you it's you just got to use like a lot of flashlight mechanics to like shine at these like demon enemies before you can attack them and dodge it's it's super fun i had a really good time playing that and i kind of wanted to just talk talk about a little bit about like because i know that's set in the same world but uh, separate from that i've just been doing a bunch of streaming lately and kind of wanted to just like touch on some games and especially a couple that i'll highlight at the end of this here because uh we haven't mentioned any of the itchio bundle for racial justice and equality games in a while and i mm-hmm. have been playing a few of those and going back either digging back or starting up some new ones but i did play through and actually do a full playthrough of uh caro blaster on omake mode so i've actually beaten like every mode of caro blaster 
in that game. And I did that on the stream, which is awesome. I've been doing some full playthroughs. So I did a full playthrough of that. I did a full playthrough of Donut County, mm-hmm. which again, I don't want to really spoil much because I know, John, you've played this before. And it's like a my only gripe is, like you said, it's like a little short. And just, I know we talk about how short. we love our short little games, you know, that are three hours. Yeah, how or is so. that a problem? It was like an hour and 40 minutes or oh, so. Wow. And it was just so good and charming and enjoyable. Like everything you just about want it, more. The music. Yeah. The, it's just like when it ended, I was just like, no, I want more. And it doesn't have that same kind of feel like Sayonara Wild Hearts. You can go back and kind of repeat levels and try to get a better score or unlock stuff. This kind of is like you can go back and replay levels, but it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's it's like a point and click adventure that's actually fun. Okay. Um, Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like solve a level. Like it's not like there's a bunch of different ways to complete a level. It's base. It's it's kind of Katamari. Yeah. Exactly. With like more of just like the it's it's got a little bit of a narrative to the experience and like or a lot of bit of narrative to the experience. It's just it's just super charming. Just nails it on every level. Nice. Um, So if you haven't played that game, highly recommend checking it out. Uh, But the games that I really really wanted to highlight here real quick from the again from that itchio bundle for racial justice and equality. Um. just did a full playthrough of zone of lacrima although unfortunately i didn't download the uh or i downloaded the latest update of the game that added a couple new bosses in but i unfortunately booted up the wrong folder and uh didn't play that but it's mostly the same game and it's a really cool like vertically scrolling shoot 'em up uh that it's like not tate mode it's full screen and then even lets you scroll a little bit left to right which is very uncommon for these types of yeah, games, I feel. Yeah, these days especially, yeah. Yeah, and there's also a ton of, like, so you, you have this meter that charges up on the side that, like, allows you to, you have to actually have a percentage full um, to even use any of your weapons, and eventually you have, like, a regular fire, just like a machine gun kind of thing, and then a, like, kind of, like, slasher, like, sword sort of thing that can clear bullets out of the way. Um, and it's, like, it's got a lot of story elements to it. Again, I did, I did the full playthrough. It took me about two hours there was 11 levels. Um, I think it's still the same amount of levels with the new update, just more bosses, but like really engaging story, like kind of a little bit of alien vibe sort of where you're just like, I feel like we're on this side, but something's fishy with mm-hmm. the side that we're fighting for. And like things kind of shift as as things go on. Right. It's got a really cool, like minimalist uh, pixel art style, like um, almost like the cutscenes or like the little like dialogue scenes look almost like rotoscoped. That's that's like a little bit off, but like the way that the uh, the palette is just so minimal, it's like yellow and orange. It just like, it's a really flat and like I, I just really like the retro style a lot. It's got an NES nice. style overall, but like yeah, you have to like use your turbo like speed burst that you can turn on and off to charge that meter so that you can fire your weapons. Um, and you get all kinds of upgrades as the game goes on. Um, and you can go for like leaderboards and stuff like that. Uh, you can select each level into individually uh after the fact after you've beaten them it's just a really really well polished game that was included in that itchio bundle and i think it's only otherwise like eight bucks and like can't recommend it highly enough if you like uh shmups just like a lot of cool there's like some escort missions that were really tough some cool boss fights like a lot of variety again and then that story kind of pulling me through the experience it really kind of like those two hours went by really fast Um, yeah i watched you play some of that stream and i was very impressed by the nice presentation and yeah just the versatility of the gameplay for you know a top-down shmup like wow yeah like even the cutscenes kind of are like they're playable you know you're like you're like a little character that's like running around the in the ship you know like platformer style you can't jump or anything but you're like walking around talking to characters in between it's like gives a nice pace to the game yeah i um, mean again a couple extra levels like usually shoot 'em ups have like about eight levels and this right. one had a few extra 
on top of that. But then again, uh, I also played a game I've been meaning to talk about on the podcast forever that, was, again, was also included in the bundle. It's called Eavesdrop. And DJ, me and you have to play this game and compare scores and see who can get the higher score because um, <laughs> it just seems like that. a game that both of us would be, but would be up our alleys and really up all our alleys. It's like very similar to Downwell. You're kind of free-falling in this like cyberpunk hacking universe. <laughs> 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 And like as you fall, you're able to like either you're only using the arrow keys for all controls or in in my case, I was using a controller with a joystick um, or you can even use the face buttons. But it's essentially just Hmm. four directions and you're able to like if you pull up, you're kind of you slow your free fall. If you pull down, you kind of speed up and you land on these nodes that are colored in different ways. Some of them are enemies that you can just once you land on them, you hold down down and you can launch them in one direction um, and you can rotate. Uh, clockwise or counterclockwise um, and fire them off and you can launch them almost like pinball bumpers like into one another as you're free falling and then there's like so there's these purple keys there's these green like gate things or not gates I forget what they are but then there's these blue gates and every level you have to blow up enough of those gates that will like as you pass each like threshold there'll be these gates that open up every time you blow up one of those blue nodes it'll open up the gate a little further but if you take damage you don't actually die you don't have a health bar or anything but it'll close those gates more and if you aren't able to pass through the gate um some of it's like reflex based but for the most part you get kind of like a bullet time slow-mo if you have even the tiniest opening you can kind of squeeze through there usually have enough time Uh, this game's kind of difficult to describe because there's just so much going on um, but I again, I did a stream of this game and actually beat it three times in a row Ugh. on my first three attempts and then died a ton of times after that. Um, and it actually crashed on me at the end of the stream. But like this is probably I mean, obviously, there are just thousands of games included in that bundle. But of the stuff I've fired up, this is easily one of my favorites. I know it's available on Android. It's got a really great soundtrack from Rupert Cole. Um, it's got uh, it's from eight points games. Um, and I just highly or maybe it's eight point. I don't know if it's pluralized or not, but. Um, yeah, I just really can't recommend this experience enough, even though it crashed on me once or twice. It just didn't even phase me. It was just like, I'm just going right back, fire the game up again, do it again. And like, I, they, they were like, uh, some of the developers, actually Rupert Cole and one of the developers was watching the stream and like, I want to see you go for a million points. So like, number one, <laughs> I want to see if I can hit a million points, but DJ, I want to know if number one, I can get more points than you. And if you can crack a million points as well. But I know you've been mentioning like, hey, if you play any of those Ichio bundle games to mention that I've been dipping into them. And I know uh, this one is, I think, up your alley. I really, really love it. It's just such it's it's similar to Downwell in some ways, but like it's it's got such a f- more fast paced vibe. If you can imagine that. Um, I, I appreciate what's the name of this one again, on Kevin? Radar. It's called Eavesdrop. 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 And they kind of like, it's some kind of like at the very beginning of the game, it's just like New Year's Eve 1999 or something. And then it's just like Big Brother has gotten out of hand. And then that's (laughs) like all you get story wise. It's Um, a great show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Boo. Can't believe I just said yeah to that instinctually. What, uh, Um, what, what is, but yeah. What is the high score mainly based off of? It's just it's just like it's all about combo. So like if you're killing more of those nodes and enemies and destroying them without taking damage, your combo meter keeps multiplying. Um, Whereas as soon as you take damage, it just 
negates it immediately. So it's all about essentially that combo meter. Okay. Um, so similar to Downwell, I guess. Yeah. Um, in that facet as well. Right. And then I guess real quick before we even got on the podcast tonight, I've talked about 10S on the podcast before from yeah. Ouch. And that's Ouch with a W instead of a single U. Um, but I really, uh, <laughs> I really love this game. It's like a bullet hell tennis game, but very different from Skyrack yeah. that Randall and I talked about a couple weeks ago. It's more like a third person isometric perspective, Ugh. like more like a top spin style yeah. tennis game. Like um, the virtual hell, boy like, Mario tennis. Yeah, right. Yeah, virtual yeah. boy is a great frame of reference. Cause it's like pixel art sing, uh, it's like a four bit palette, but just wanted to just plug some of those games and just in, in general plug like our YouTube and our Twitch because we've been on there quite a bit. And any of the Twitch streams that don't turn out like shit, we've been uploading to uh, YouTube. <laughs> Pursuing so, pixels. Check it out yes. on Twitch. Yes, indeed. But uh, yeah, DJ, what have you been uh, playing before we dig into some of the meat of this uh, episode this, here? This impending conversation. Uh, <laughs> yes. Hmm. <laughs> that I'm sweating a little bit. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm going to be the tiebreaker. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, like mainly earlier this week, been just doing more AAA stuff. Like uh, played more Watch Dogs 2, which continue to feel really good about just the nice. puzzle aspects like you know, and approaching combat from, you know, different ways than your typical third person shooter or what have you, just because you've got all those hacking capabilities. Uh, one thing yeah. I forgot to mention on the previous episode, we talked about this. Um, th there's also an element where um, you can do like these uh, online co-op or PVP uh, missions. Um, okay. Where it's almost kind of like, Dark Souls style where uh, someone can like invade your game and like from like a rival tech gang or whatever and like try to like hack you or whatever. It could just be like while you're having a fucking like shootout with the cops or, or whatever. And, and you know, like, this guy. Um, but, like, That's pretty yeah, good. Like there's just yeah, it was it was a really fun experience. And then um, from there, I moved on to uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, that was Ooh, I'm curious nice. about this. I have that game. I have it physically. Um, so yeah, I'm curious. If you have good things to say, I might fire that up. I mean, I I feel like I've got a better uh, better feeling towards these games than the Uncharted games. Like I know they're very similar, but like this one's definitely interesting. Because yeah, Uncharted was kind of considered like the new Tomb Raider when the first ones came right. out, and then Tomb Raider kind of borrowed from the Uncharted series when they rebooted that franchise. Right. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have a similar feel. I kind of like how uh, Tomb Raider is a little more RPG-ish, um, where like hmm. there, it, it's not really a sandbox, but like, you know, there, there's like there's a substantial world that you can explore and like do these side missions. And there's also hmm. like elements of like, you know, you get all these different materials and you can use them to like upgrade your weapons and you can yes. like, level up and do. Like, yeah. Did you ever talk about the, the first, like just, I think it was just called tomb Raider, the first of the reboots on the podcast. I, I kind of remember that, that. That was one. It, it was just on that list. I rattled off of like all the gotcha. guys. <laughs> I played some of that back on PS3 and I remember, yeah, it was, it was definitely more like open world style than it was than, than uncharted. At least it wasn't that corridor shooter. Like we mentioned before. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, and also like, I don't know, maybe I'm in the minority here, but like I didn't find the uncharted games to be like particularly charming. In fact, like, I don't know, like something about mm. Nathan Drake just 
did not <laughs> rub me the right way. Or it's like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, you know, I don't think, you know, the charm of Tomb Raider is spectacular or anything, but I, there was nothing like annoying to me, I guess, at least. And, and, well, they're not really, at least in the PS3 one, they're not really going for that, like, campy charmy like they're not going to like get on your side i guess they're right. just like telling a story yeah it felt to me yeah and you know definitely full of a lot of nice cinematic elements um yeah yeah for sure without all the bullshit uh <laughs> <laughs> without um, without drake catching sully fucking 45 times by the skin of his teeth you real. know <laughs> um but you know after playing those games like i mean so watchdogs 2 and like Tomb Raider, there's definitely like a lot of exploration to them that like I think really I guess slowed me down a lot and that caused me to, you know, try to switch things up and move on to a game that uh you guys had been playing, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Mm-hmm. Yes, which you've been kind of pushing for this one for a while, because I know you've picked you picked it up a while ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And just kind of mentioning like, hey, I'm down to play this whenever. Yeah, and then when like I, I nabbed that before I had even played the original one. Um, and I like, you know, the the charm of the the first ukulele game like definitely propelled me to like, yeah, I definitely want to play this this other game. So I've yeah, uh, I've made it to the end. Um, nice. But I think uh, in terms of uh, passionate opinions on this game, I think uh Kevin and Randall, you two have maybe more to say than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, are, are you saying that you're mostly like just kind of mediocre on it without? So, I mean, we'll get into it. Obviously, yeah, we'll, but. we'll get uh, fine. I'll just say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I think that what I don't appreciate about these games and, and this like also being like, the you know donkey kong country returns games and even which this is very much of that same ilk oh yeah like very very much and even some of the newer 2d mario games just like all just like the hidden secret bullshit aspect of it where like i i feel like just i i think i go into these games wanting like a more um technical somewhat fast-paced experienced and i end up just like running against every single wall to see if it's a fake wall because there's hidden coins everywhere and just that's fair but but that's fair to a degree but i will say it's like a little more egregious in like the new super mario brothers games where like you you literally have to slide against a solid wall that you would have no indication where i think at least in my experience because this is like more of like a 2.5 d you can kind of see like oh here's a little opening you can kind of see with the depth you can kind of see that there's like a secret in most cases they, they generally do give not that i've found them all but i i think yeah. there's enough of a visual indication that it's it's better than most yeah but they, I, I do agree with you they, they are good about giving indicators but like yeah i'll still find myself being like okay is this like a bottomless pit or is this like a section that i can right, drop right. down to mm. like, that that kind of stuff i know what you mean for sure yep. so uh, but uh i found that the like end of the game like the impossible layer that you're trying to reach like that on the other hand is like there it's not about secrets at all and it's very technical and it's just like man i like i wish the rest of the game was more like this like i it just felt very 
I don't know, just more my speed, I guess, um, in terms of the levels themselves. I will say, like, I also, like, did find myself enjoying the overworld aspect of, like, just doing all these yes. little puzzles and little platforms. That was a huge there. surprise to me. That yeah. was a huge surprise so, to me. So as the person who hasn't played this game, can you explain what, like, the overworld is? Is it just, like, a hub world where you're selecting levels, or is it, like, an actual thing with objectives that you do... It's kind of both because it's like you have like these top down like you you are picking your levels from the top down overworld, but you're also like solving little puzzles like it's kind of like a little mini or I shouldn't even say mini. It's actually pretty big um, like top down Zelda map where you're kind of getting these little flower bombs and these uh, fire bombs and these water bombs because each level actually has a second version of it um, where like each level is like a book. So like in for example, like one of the levels might be like. So a book will be submerged in some water and the level's kind of like flooded when you play it the first time. And then maybe you can pick up an ice flower blossom or whatever they're called, throw that on top of the water. It freezes it. And now it's like a frozen level with some new um, challenges and whatnot. I I think they change the levels up pretty drastically to where they feel. I mean, you're clearly seeing some of the same terrain, but you're you're definitely seeing a new level for the most part to me, like. It's like the hidden, there's five hidden coins in every level, kind of like Kong style. Mm-hmm. Um, although you have to use those for some of like the paywalls to open up new parts of the overworld. Right. Um, but I thought that was also pretty generous. Like I've missed quite a few of those. I've found quite a few too, but like, you know, maybe only a little over half of them that I've found, but I've still been able to unlock everything along the way other than whatever you can unlock maybe by getting all of them. Um, but yeah, I've just really enjoyed that overworld experience and the way it paces out the game. Um, and just like I, when I first saw clips and like the trailers of this game, I kind of thought those were just different. You know how like Mario Galaxy or any of the 3D Mario games will have like little kind of mini 2.5D like sections and levels. I kind of yeah. just assumed that these were like a couple of levels in the game that were like top down and had just kind of more puzzle solving. But this was like a full blown like you know, minimal overworld experience. It's not like it wouldn't be its own game on its own, but I thought there was a lot of cool puzzle solving in there. And then on top of that, I thought the levels themselves were like really sprawling, really huge. Um, They're all like a pretty kind of like Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze style. They like tell a story almost within the level, not quite to that, uh, like we're like Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze will like do it within the whole world. But man, I just like, I just really love the mechanics. I love how like, Again, similar to Donkey Kong, it's like you have different abilities when you have Laylee with you and when you don't. Um, I, I don't know. I just thought the challenge, the way the checkpoints worked, it like it provided like a not frustrating experience as I although I still was dying a lot in a lot of cases. It was like I was able between getting Yuka back or between getting Laylee back pretty easily. And then uh, in some cases and like having all these different buffs you can pick from. It's just there's so much going on in this game. I I almost too much but i thought they found a really nice balance overall but what about you randall i know you're the more negative out of all of us i think on this one <laughs> not to not to spoil it uh yeah i did not find it easy to get lately back most of the time <laughs> i'll say that much like, oh, did you okay. use the uh did you use the tonic that lets him uh let, lets lately stick around a little bit longer? no no oh, you gotta get those so, tonics there's all kinds of buffs and abilities but, yeah, but if you use that, that tonic far. You get less quills from your level. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I was down to 0.4 times my quill count based on my buffs, but I don't know what that means. So I only <laughs> made it like three or four levels in. Oh, man. man. Anyways, 
I just wasn't feeling it. And, and maybe it's just because I'm grumpier these days and I just don't have a lot of time. <laughs> um, but like every time I booted this game more than once, I like three times. And every yeah, time I saw you fired up a few times and I was like, maybe Randall's liking it. Maybe he's, <laughs> maybe he's turning the corner. I tried. I did try. And I own I own both ukulele games. And I bought this one fairly quickly uh, after it released because I'm like, oh, man. They're going for a, you know, DKC thing, and there's not that many games that are in that vein, so cool. Yeah, why not? And then it got really good reviews, too. Yeah, it got great reviews off the top, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, awesome. Like, let me go after this, and I just I just was not feeling it. Like, And I know, like, part of it is there's a lot of talking, and I know that's they're just trying to harken back to the banjo thing, and I get that. I get that. But this is a, doesn't, like, it doesn't even come close to the first ukulele it for what it's worth. You're right. Like it's I, I it, for me, it didn't even get in the way at all. Didn't yeah. enter my experience. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, did for me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, also fair. And then, it, yeah, even more fair. so like getting into levels. I didn't I didn't find the the levels like visually all that attractive. And granted, I'm playing on switch. So there's going to be a downgrade visually there. Um, but I, I you know, just didn't. Like everything looked a little bit generic to me, uh, like compared to the polish that Nintendo gives something like a a Donkey Kong Country. Uh, I don't know. I just couldn't find myself getting into it. There's things like another little Nintendo polish thing that I didn't see here is like, say there's platforms that are like you jump on them and as soon as you touch them, they're going to fall. Right. Okay. So in Nintendo games, when that happens, you could like, oh, this this platform is falling. Let me jump back, reset the screen by like moving back left for, you know, another full screen and then come back. That shit doesn't happen, or at least for me, did not happen in Ukulele in the Impossible Lair and in the couple levels I played. Interesting. So like it just turns a level unbeatable. Yeah. They're like, oh, I guess I need to die now. Oh, those checkpoints are so generous, but I, I didn't have that happen to me. But I will say I did like land on some like moving conveyor belt type platforms once in a while and yeah. I but I my character would not move until I like it was like I didn't land right on the moving oh. part of it somehow yeah they, there were some weird things that would hiccup every once in a while but again it didn't really hinder my experience but it did make certain sections maybe a little easier because I wasn't moving around <laughs> like I was supposed to yeah but that's it that's really interesting because I found the, this game to be absolutely gorgeous like I I think it is like other than the enemy designs are maybe a little bit generic yeah like there's yeah. a little bit repetitive on that end but i think like the the level design that like 3d sense of depth like again that 2.5d i just i loved it i really think these levels like really feel alive to me like again when you play like a level where you can like swim a bunch and then all of a sudden it's frozen and you play it again and like i I just thought it was so cool. cool and even the way you have to solve those puzzles to like make that happen like I don't know. I, I was fully, fully sucked into this game. Like I, I put it pretty damn close to the Donkey Kong Country Returns games. Like I, I think it's right up there All right. with them personally. All right. I, I think it's got a little bit of flavor of that with like just a hint of the Rayman like origins yep. rayman mm. legends games the way it like kind of tallies up your scores at the end yeah quills which i hate those from, rayman games it pulls <laughs> a lot from rayman that way i thought which i think also kind of i don't know it kind of bothered me like you you guys almost kind of ripped it off from rayman <laughs> like yeah and they and and donkey kong for that matter yeah. i mean they definitely they're not worried about the originality here no. on, on that end i don't think the only other nitpick um, i'll have and i'll stop beating it because no like, play go ahead go ahead uh is i just didn't i the controls like in general i didn't feel the control was quite as tight as i would like compared to something like 
Donkey Kong Country Returns or Tropical Freeze. Like I like it better than Donkey I, Kong. Oh I think my it controls God. better. I felt like I was controlling a 3D character in a 2D space, and I that just didn't jive with me. You know, there there was a time or two I know what you mean because like New Super Lucky's Tale had a little bit of that in the 2D sections, and I I I sort of know what you mean. But I, I didn't I experience that in New Super Lucky's Tale, and I, I I see what you mean there, but it didn't bother me there for whatever reason. It bothered me here. I have no idea what interesting what you mean by. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what you mean, like, I, I don't know, though, but, like, the way you have that, like, roll ability and, like, your mobility and the speed, like, it, it's There's a little speed. faster than Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Like, you, you get little elements of, like, Sonic in there, even, and, like... I can see it. I don't know, like, not quite Sonic speeds, but, like, it, you get little elements of that, and I don't like Sonic games either, so it's just, like, taking, like, just enough of all those elements for me, I guess, that it's just coming together in the right way. Yeah. Um, Because I'm, like, enjoying going back for all the collectibles, and, like, even there's been a couple of levels I'm like, how the hell do I get to that part of the overworld map? Like, it actually is kind of tricky. And like, I don't know. And it, it is cool how like the game actually starts. Like, you, the first thing you do is like the the, tu- the tutorial happens in the impossible layer, right? And you can actually try it whenever you want. But every level you beat, you like earn another hit point. I think to, that you can bees. take during the. Yep. Um, yeah, so just a really cool kind of overall mechanic. You can go to try to do it without taking damage, I guess, which maybe is what DJ is trying to do. Yeah, I, I initially <laughs> did the, the, the default where like you've got all the 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 battalion um, to, yeah. to take those hits for you. Mm. And I, I went the in puns like are pretty 43. bad. I'll say. <laughs> uh, yeah, some of the puns are terrible. That's like there was, there was a style. B that they tried to. Some of them are okay, like the B Italian's fine, but they made, they tried to make like a pun out of a B and naming the B Daniel. I can't remember. It was like oh boy. it was like B Daniel or something. It was mm. it was so bad. It was unbelievable. It wasn't B Daniel, but so I I did the uh, the impossible layer. Well, I, I guess on the default version, it's the the not so impossible layer where you've got gotcha. the, the battalion with you, um, and so. Uh, you actually uh, reach checkpoints. There's like four checkpoints. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So there's like, yeah, four main chunks. Um, so what happens if like you, let's say you get through the first chunk and you have like 38 of your battalion still there. Then if you go back to, um, you know, replay the level, you can choose to start at the beginning or you can choose to start at that checkpoint and Ooh. it's with the greatest amount of bees that you reached that checkpoint with. That's so, nice. Okay. Hmm, yeah. That's cool. Um, but with the impossible layer, um, there's no checkpoints and no battalion and there's no like boxes there's no none of those bells where if you lose laylee you can get laylee back it's you have to do dk barrels yeah no you have to do (laughs) the entire stage without damage yeah i mean aside from like getting laylee back if um oh yeah i guess yeah you get that like little window to catch the bat yeah but also in the lair um in both versions of it no tonics so (laughs) You, oh. you'll uh, lose that Laylee ability there, Kevin. Um, yeah, and those tonics are like, yeah, some of them are like, I forget what I was using even, but they're just like different buffs. Some of them are just like visual effects, different like cheats, not cheats, but there's like the, uh, the, 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 the like you, where if you're twirling in the air, you can 
hold it. Yeah. So you'll yeah, like modifiers yeah. and stuff. Yeah, which is yeah. Like I'm kinda, using that for sure. Which is kind of like necessary for a lot of the secrets, actually. But um, yeah. Yeah. So the farthest I've made it on the like actual impossible layer, like it, I, I think they tracked it. Like I made it like 39% of the way. Like it's it's brutal. Ooh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I Man. like I, I got most of the collectible stuff, but I think I'm just like at the point where I think going after all those collectibles really slowed down the experience for me. And it's just hard for me to shut that part of my brain off. Like, I think I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more if I was just like trying to almost speed run through the levels. Right. Um, yeah. And, th- and that's what I've mostly been doing, not speed run through them because I've been poking around too. But I, I thought it was paced really well where like the coins you get again, I was able to get all those paywalls without really having to go back and replay levels and stuff. That's nice. But I do, I do know what you mean, though. Like there is part of my brain that like I do wish when I'm playing a platformer, I do just want to play more of a it doesn't have to be as hardcore as Super Meat Boy. But like I do just want to play a game that's like get from point A to point B no frills that's it yeah right and 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 that's usually what i'd rather play it seems like that i don't know is maybe just hard to come by these days i mean i'm also very ignorant of what's out there so i'm not the one to judge that but i i can't think of a ton of recent stuff where they cut that you know exploration i guess element out of the platforming yeah because even celeste has a little bit of that on some of the levels where yeah, you're kind of backtracking and going back around well yeah. not even the strawberries but like in that library level or the hotel mm-hmm. like you're kind of like going back it almost it's not metroidvania but you're exploring a lot it's not just go to the right or go to the left it doesn't have to be just to the right but except that level sweet <laughs> oh, that was my least favorite level in the game. By I far. think that level's sweet. No, that I level like the rules. boss battle with the librarian <laughs> was really cool um, with that giant head when it's chasing you. Yeah. Ugh. But uh, but anyways, anything else to add on ukulele before we uh, move on and uh, get into the last thing tonight? No. no. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> well okay i guess we're mixed mixed bag on ukulele but uh i picked it up on the cheap and i'd say if you can get a good deal on it i'd still say it's worth checking out if if you're interested in 2d platformers i agree with that but randall uh i know we've been uh we've, we've been, been waiting for this. a while to get uh-huh. to this highly I'm, I'm not even gonna set it up why don't you just take it away here because we've been teasing this for a while <laughs> so i've been a turbo graphics fan for a long time um, ever since, let me set the stage here, ever since the Wii and the virtual console mm. and a lot of us Americans found out about Turbo Graphics for the first time, really. I mean, yep. mm-hmm. it released here, but only to a select set of 10 year olds that could <laughs> buy one of those and got one instead of an NES back in the day or something, right? Yeah. yeah, to have some super hipster parents going like, you know, that Nintendo, that Genesis, not for us. Mm-hmm. Going with the Turbo. Th- those parents were awesome, although I would have <laughs> wanted both. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I was like, oh, my gosh, these games are great as I started buying them on Virtual Console on Wii. Same. Um, you know, and a lot of the great, most of the great Turbo Graphics and PC Engine games released on Virtual Console on Wii. So I got like a huge breadth of the library um, there to the point where I'm like, okay, I want the real deal. And I bought a Turbo Duo, which was a combination Turbo Graphics plus the PC Engine Duo as far as the, uh, the CD-ROM add-on. It kind mm-hmm. of built those together into one system so you could have both the the who card which is like the cartridge 
like little credit card size cartridges that you could get for either region and then the CD, which was region free. Um, so I, I bought a Turbo Duo, got a Turbo Duo collection going in about 2013 before it got ungodly expensive to do so. Yeah, you got uh, in there just in time. <laughs> I know. I had and no even idea. still, they cost a fucking fortune at that time, too, Unreal. some of the games. But. Unreal. Most of the games, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is crazy. Even the pack-ins, yeah. But the silver lining there is they released a Turbo Graphics Mini this year. Uh, yeah. Back in yes. May. Yes. Which there seems to be a mini retro console of every retro console. If if Turbo Mini can get a you know a mini version, yeah. Pretty much everything. Yeah, they're talking about there's rumors about a Dreamcast mini, so <gasps> oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. As long as Power Stone one and two are on there, that's all I want. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but Turbo Graphics Mini, so I I pass on getting one when they first came out in May of 2020. And I'm like, oh, I got the real deal. Do I really need to get this? Like, even though it's got save states and all this stuff and it seems like it's well built, good reviews, I'll pass for now. But then it went out of stock for a while. I'm like, oh, geez, shoot. Maybe I should have grabbed one. I didn't. I thought it was just going to drop in price like the other mini consoles, like the Genesis one or whatever. Yeah. Um, thankfully, they brought it back in stock a few months ago. I got it for regular price, which is 99 bucks. Uh, bought it. Uh, got it shipped here, uh, and I love it. I, I think it's really well made. There's 57 games on it. I was which, just gonna say how many games. That's nice. That's yeah, a nice selection. It is, with the caveat that, like, so because the PC Engine, the Turbo Graphics in Japan, the PC Engine was so much more successful in Japan than it was here in the United States. A lot more games released over there in Japan than released over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of those like. Probably a good 10% of those games on this TurboGrafx Mini are on PC Engine, like, and they're in Japanese only. And mm, there's okay. <laughs> so we're talking Mario Super Picross style. <laughs> yeah. Although, like, on some of them, they're like more story based games, and it's yeah, all just like hitting you with walls right, of Japanese right. text. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess yeah, I was, this isn't going to happen. I was going to ask, like, how many of those specifically are like RPG games? There's there's a handful. Um, the best ones that aren't Japanese or aren't Japanese only are uh, the Newtopia games, I think. Hmm. Uh, yes. And those are, you know, Legend of Zelda clone games. But just just diluting it to that kind of sh- sells them short. I think they're actually pretty great games in their own right. Um, hmm. Yeah, I they have a unique enough style. I remember like peeping those on the virtual console on the Wii and stuff and just yep. thinking like, yeah, these have like a cool enough like. They look enough their own thing that they're they're not just a Zelda game. Yep. So you get both of those. And because this is one of the modern mini consoles, it's got those save states and things like that. So a lot of your pain points you'd have just playing these on, you know, original hardware where you don't get save points, you know, besides right. every couple hours. That's not the yeah. case here. You know, you got those quality of life things. Uh, another RPG-ish game, uh, games, Eastbooks 1 and 2. Uh, Ooh, oh shit yeah, yeah and th- those are in english as well yeah. right yeah. yes they are and they're great yeah. and the soundtrack's great and that's those games that package is what they used to uh, uh to sell the the turbo duo when that came out because it's a cd based yeah uh thing and yeah, yeah that was as much as of a system seller as you could get in like 92 93 on a <laughs> already failing system that well, was it. I, I was going to ask, like, what were the system sellers for you for this even? Or yeah. just like in like when you were collecting them on the Wii, like what was it yeah. that like you started or even collect- collecting them 
in cartridge form in who card form yeah right uh for me like this this is like the shmup mecca you know mm, for yes. for retro shmups this this system is incredible um just the way they designed the hardware it's so fast um i love the turbo graphics graphics uh where it's like it's it's kind of uh, a hybrid between an 8-bit and 16-bit it's more 16-bit than not but it kind of splits the difference a little bit and i love the kind of like chunky clean pixel art it's like a little flatter or something yeah. like in, but in a way that it makes it pop more yeah I think. and the color palette's yeah. always great typically like they they're yep. not shy with colors and vibrancy in a lot of these games um yeah the agreed. shooters are fantastic and that's that's what always draws me back to any blazing lasers is that on there yep blazing oh, lasers. that game is so that was one of the ones i had on the virtual console and that game i played so fucking much it's, it's so great. good it's one of the compile shooters uh along with games like uh, uh what else is on there um you got soldier blade you got nice that was another great one spriggan which is uh another one um similar to like if if you guys remember musha on sega genesis yes yeah so like just like classic shooters uh, all made by this developer compile in japan which is just like a legendary shmup developer um all okay. of them kind of play similarly and i love the games they make and th- that's who made blazing lasers you said because yep. i'm i'm not i'm familiar with that game but yep. was not familiar with that developer by name so compile. if it's anything similar to that i'm i'm all in yep but yeah that the top three I'd probably recommend that are on the Turbo Graphics Mini that are probably my favorite games are like Air Zonk, which is mm-hmm. <laughs> the bonk. And that was one of the that was one of the duo games, right? Like one yeah. of the CD games. So okay, okay. I was gonna I was gonna ask. The first one is actually cartridge. The second one is CD. Gotcha. Yeah. So are there any of the CD games on here, or is it yeah. all just the? Okay, cool. Oh cool. yeah, lots of CD games. Uh, you've got Castlevania Rondo of Blood, which oh my god, I'm buying this like right huge. fucking now, dude. Yeah. There's so much good because this is a console yep. I never had, like you said. Like yep. I've really like the SNES and the NES, cool little novelty things, but I've got that in my retro collection. That I'm really kind of want this now. It's Fuck. so good. It's great. They've got great like little. Um, background music happening when you're selecting your titles they did put a lot of polish in this that i like um yeah so i didn't mean to cut you off by the way i just oh got no, so excited I, when you said castlevania yes <laughs> Rondo no, i figured that was like, oh, that's on castlevania there? yes yeah I, I mean that game goes for a pretty penny so oh, 100 yeah. bucks for this mini alone is like that's almost worth it just for that game like, and that's, seriously yeah and that's kind of where i was coming from too is like most of these games you you can't really grab for under 100 dollars yeah. anymore it's crazy yeah um but they're all here together for a hundred dollars, and yeah. like even down to the controller, they did a great job recreating the turbo controller. Okay, you uh, haven't yeah. mentioned any Bomberman games, and I think I that's malpractice. Oh, does it have Bomberman ninety four, ninety three, ninety four, ninety yes, Panic dude. Bomber? Oh my god, Panic Bomber is I've... an awesome puzzle game that's kind of similar to Poyo Poyo that I think is great as well. Oh yes, dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I'm buying one of these like as soon as we sign off tonight, including. I'm there, so there's also a, a Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, uh, it's called like Daike Makumura. Um, it's, Ooh. That's probably a horrible pronunciation, but it's, uh, so besides Turbo Graphics and Turbo Duo and PC Engine, in Japan, there's a system called Super Graphics, which was supposed to be the next Ooh. iteration. 
32 bits. <laughs> More like 16-ish <laughs> bit. Um, yeah. But five games got released, and one of them is probably the best version of Ghouls and Ghosts, and that's also wow. on this system. Also, so, Snatcher. So, yes, there is that's Snatcher. That's one of the Japanese Unfortunately, it's games? only in Japanese. Oh, hey. okay. I know. Yeah, that's, about that's still, dude. I'm buying this 100 for sure. Maybe not tonight, but I'm. I you sold me so hard on this just now. Yeah. Um. What are, What are some of the other like? I mean, I'm assuming all the Bonk games are yep. on there. Yep. Um. Which of those are just okay in my opinion for I my agree. virtual console experience? I agree. I, although to be honest, I only played the first one, and I will say the follow ups definitely looked more interesting at least like more going on bonk's revenge um, which is bonk 2 i think is the best one and it's it's definitely better than bonk's adventure but it's still yeah. not like lighting my world on fire as compared to any of the mario games right right but yeah like just shmups galore like lords of thunder is amazing oh um, yeah sapphire is another like pushes the systems to its limits like does full like 3d effects excellent game also really expensive it's on here like, yeah and then Dude, you have this is like a no-brainer like splatterhouse and like uh new adventure island and like just a great collection uh, alien crush yeah tons of this stuff. is like, this a, is a, no a ton brainer. of games that you yeah. just can't get anywhere else like that's, yeah and yeah and it sounds like because the uh, because the turbo graphics had such like a limited catalog it really does sound like this pretty much covers the gamut you know yeah. i'm sure there's a couple that you're missing but like as far as if you're into retro gaming this sounds like pretty much a no-brainer if especially being that there's so many games that most of us probably missed out on back yep. in the 90s the advantage is, eight, maybe is even because 80s. it was like so like it wasn't successful in america it, but it was in japan it's still it, it got some support from other developers but it was mostly hudson soft like yeah, keeping hudson the sucker killing afloat. it yeah, and they, the games were amazing. And then Konami yeah. had some other ones, and then Konami bought the catalog of Hudson Soft, which allowed them to release this and have all of them. Um, the only other things I'll talk about is uh, 8-Bit Doe made a wireless controller for this thing mm, that I would also nice. recommend. Because um, it's just USB ports on the front of it, which you get two instead of, thankfully, one. There's only mm -hmm. one controller port on a typical one of these systems. Oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's great. Um, it's only like 20 bucks. And that's the way that I play it is using that 8-bit dough controller. Um, and it's what's nice about that controller, too, is there's a, a, a menu button like predefined on it. Whereas on the controller that comes with it, you have to press like a button combination to get into the menu <laughs> screen. So, <laughs> yeah. I you got a nice home button on the 8-bit uh, yeah. dough. If I can slag them for anything, it's they didn't put a power adapter in this in it, with the box. Uh, Wait, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's USB power? powered. Um, oh, gotcha, okay. gotcha. They assume I you have say, like, like USB... it's a proprietary like 15 volt like oh, DC yeah, yeah, power brick that you <laughs> you got to order your electro harmonics 18 volt <laughs> power adapters. No, and for some reason, a lot of Japanese companies do this. Like they'll just like release this thing without a power adapter. I, I don't know. But what I did to get around it, because I saw someone else say this, I'm like, oh, that's perfect, is actually the Xbox One, most of the Xbox yes. One SKUs have not only extra USB ports, but an HDMI in. So oh. 
what you can do, what I did is I just plugged in this Turbo Graphics HDMI in into the Xbox Plus USB into the Xbox. So you know when I play the Turbo Graphics, I just power on the Xbox, go to the One Guide, and it automatically passes through the Turbo Graphics signal, and I don't have to take up another HDMI slot or a power slot. Beautiful, that's nice. That's, that's my really AV cool nerd stuff. So that's no, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, that I mean, again, just uh, not to mention that the Turbo Graphics games are super expensive. Yeah. The systems are expensive. Yep. It's hard to maintain all that retro stuff. But again, that you can just hook this up HDMI and play it on your modern TV and play all these games that, like I said, or like what you said, that we all missed out on these pretty much. You yep. know, not many of us had. Turbo graphics. None nope. of us here, but not many of us in general had this system. So yeah. buy the Turbo Graphics all these Mini. Fifty-seven games. Yeah. Yes. Play Star Parodier. It's fantastic. Oh God, dude! <laughs> Every game you mention, I'm just like, I remember either buying that on Sw- on uh, not Switch on the Wii. Yep. Or uh, or at least checking it out. I mean, I looked at so many of those Turbo Graphics games because it was like this cool, like almost like a field day of like, yes. Look at all these new retro, like, yes, new retro games new to us. that I never yeah. heard of. Yep. So. Exactly. Really, really cool, man. You you just totally sold me on this. So we might have to talk it. some more turbo graphics in the future. At the very least, I'm firing up my Wii emulator on my Wii U so I can play those yeah, downloads. Let's go. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe I'll even stream some heck 480p it, style. I love it. <laughs> nice. But uh but I think uh if you got nothing else to add to the turbo stuff, Randall, I think we can pretty much wrap things up this week. We've been going a little longer than usual, but there you go. That's because we got a lot of good shit to talk about, that's what guys. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice well uh yeah we'll wrap things up there this week but as always you can find us on the internet at uh, pursuingpixels.com you don't even need the www anymore that's right randall took care of that shit um <laughs> you can also hang out with us on a uh, discord we've got links again at the bottom of the episode description as always but we're on youtube and twitch like i mentioned earlier i've been doing a lot more of that lately yeah um and yeah instagram twitter i might have mentioned that already but just slash pursuing pixels Look us up. Send us an email at pursuingpixels at gmail.com if you got a question or anything. Um, but otherwise, we will uh, catch you next week. And until then, take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Boy, boy. So there's a baby in a tube. Yes. Also, you your pee turns into monster energy drink. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it actually branded monster? It 100% oh my is. God. I knew it. <laughs> fucking knew it it is that is an unbelievable game i (laughs) i know that like video games are like starved for like i don't know weird stories or like at least like he's not like approaching david lynch but like at least like that auteur like type of storytelling that doesn't like do whatever your heart desires and no one's gonna stop you no but it's just like oh man i really wish that there was anyone else besides Hideo Kojima who did I, the only shit. other person who comes close is Suda 51 yeah but yep. like his That's... are all like the same like gross out like uh, it's more like Tarantino like yeah vibe yeah, yeah. like over oh, the yeah. top that's a good comparison from the person who's barely seen any Tarantino <laughs> movies but no that, that's definitely yeah if like Kojima is like David Lynch then like I would definitely put Oh, it's Suda as like Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is kind of that like meathead, like thinking man or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Fight club vibes or yeah. whatever. Maybe not quite fight club, but you know, just brutal violence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>